Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Josh. And I'm Matt. And this week, tech swept main and nothing else at all happened in tech athletics, right? Nope. Hey. Wait, we have more than two people on the podcast? Is that legal? That, that too. I'm not used to having to wait that long to speak again. <laughs> long time well, to talk. I, I would have gotten on, but The Bachelor was more important both. That's, oh, well, I wasn't going to say understandable, but. It's not. <laughs> I'm not watching Hey, tonight. man, we just want our boy Peter to find love. Come on, Nathan. No, we don't. Peter. Yeah, you're right. We don't, home. actually. I don't watch The Bachelor. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Go Tech, Please Bachelor Die. Yeah, <laughs> got it. Got it in one. There we go. <laughs> GTPBD. <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> speaking of acronyms, let's look at the game against WKU. Let's go and go oh. through that really quickly. A game that Tech lost ninety-five to ninety-one in overtime. That in was overtime. a supreme choke. That was incredible. Yep. I that mean, we teched it up. We sure, we sure teched it up, didn't we? Goodness yeah. gracious! Oh, Haven't man. seen that much choking since three docs. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> Man, nobody remembers three docs. <laughs> Speaking of the three and three docs, neither team could hit the three pointer early. Uh, there were eight three point shots by either team combined before one finally went in, and that allowed Tech to jump to an early lead. Get on my transition game. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought that uh, early on, Tech's game plan was definitely to force Western Kentucky into shots that they didn't want to take, and and it worked perfectly. Like Nathan said, they missed what their first five or six, I think. Well, I'm a bit a gas at another stat here that is uh cringeworthy 32 of 36 for wku free throw shooting 15 of 23 for tech and i get it we're not playing at home we're playing at the was it the doug dimidome the diddle what is it <laughs> <laughs> yeah the doug dimidome diddle arena <laughs> So I feel like this has been a story all year. We've talked about it in almost every podcast episode focused on the Bulldog basketball team. Free throw shooting is bad, but the disparity here is insane. I didn't watch the game. I mean, was Tech hacking that much or was this just a bad ref job? So what do you so think? What, okay, so we got into it with some Western Kentucky blogs on Twitter about, you know, we were tweeting about the about the free throw disparity, about the foul calls. Uh, at one point, I think at halftime, it was nine fouls against Tech and three for Western. Um, and when we played them back in February, earlier in February, we didn't get our first free throw until I think 10 minutes left in the game. So Western, they, they definitely don't foul as much. It's their game plan. They only have six core players because two of their main players got hurt and are out for the season. So they don't have a lot of depth. So they, they've made it a point to not foul. But like our point was that some things were being called at one end of the floor and then not called at the other. And I get it. Western doesn't foul that much, but it didn't seem like an evenly called game. What, what did you think, Nathan, from your like, you know, like I'm saying, this is the eye test, right? Obviously, yeah. Western's got the stats to back up that they don't foul, but the eye test, it, it didn't pass to me. I'm not as aggravated about the officiating here in the game as a whole, but when it was bad, it was towards the end of the game or a couple times towards the end of the game that really made a difference. There was once where Mo Muhammad was going for the rebound and he got called on a foul, which allowed western kentucky to make two more free throw attempts without any time coming off the clock when tech was whittling down that 17 point lead they had at one point where uh, we were just hoping the clock ran out before that lead hit zero right. and please 
it, it didn't happen. And that was <laughs> one of the reasons why it, that clock stayed. And, at, and that was a particularly weak foul too. I mean, it, it was like two guys going for the ball, bumping each other from the side. It wasn't one guy reaching over the other guy's back. I, I don't know. Yeah. I have in my notes, Mo, Mo called for a really dumb foul. So yeah, yeah. critical point in the game. I mean, uh, yeah, f- fouls are the story and we'll get into a little different take on fouls later too, because you know, there are moments where you shouldn't foul. There are moments where you should foul, and we'll we'll talk about it towards the end of the game. Yeah. yeah so let's let's jump through this game really quickly. Tech did jump out to an early lead after a steal and a slam for Kobe Williams. Western Kentucky called a timeout, which we've talked about in the past has been bad because after teams call timeout, they tend to kind of rally and and come back into the game. But that didn't really happen here. Tech outscored Western Kentucky twelve to seven over the next six minutes, and the lead was thirty to sixteen at that point. But in the final five minutes of the first half, Western Kentucky shot three threes, two twos, and four ones to go on a 17-4 run to cut Tech's lead to one, 34-33, before the final possession. But then Kobe Williams had that insane buzzer-beater foul attempt, but no foul three-pointer shot that just looked funky but was fun to watch yeah he, he i don't know if he called glass but he definitely should have <laughs> but still western kentucky had the momentum and with 16 minutes left in the game they got to within one point but then tech felt the heat at their feet i guess and started to rally again going on a 9-0 run before western kentucky called another timeout the team started just trading baskets back and forth but tech still led by nine with 11 minutes left the, fi- the score was 56 47 there was a two-minute drought of neither team scoring a bucket then Tech got a reverse Slurpee and went on an 11 to 7 run. What? I'm so, a, reverse. a reverse Slurpee? I, I, I hear what you're trying to do there. Maybe it's a 11, 11 to 7. That, that sounds. Uh... <laughs> All right. We have, we have kicked Nathan off the podcast. Yep. I'll, I'll be picking it up from here. <laughs> All right. So after that bad joke, Tech was up that 15 points, that the lead that they eventually blew. The, the score then was 69 to 54. Three minutes and 23 seconds remaining in the game. Oh. Oh my god. This, yeah. Yeah. I mean, gosh. even a full minute later, two minutes and two seconds left, Tech was still up 12. So Western Kentucky bad. hit two free throws and a three to bring Tech's lead to seven with one minute and 23 seconds left. They traded free throws. The lead was still seven. Mo went to the line after being fouled with a one and one attempt because, again, Western Kentucky did not foul a lot this game. So even at the end of the game, we were still doing one and ones and Mo missed the front end. So no second shot given there. A minute and two seconds left. Hotoppers missed a three, but got the offensive rebound ugh, and made a two. So five point lead, 50 seconds left. Western Kentucky fouls like you'd expect. And Derek Jean makes both his free throws. I'm going to skip over the next joke I had in my notes, but Western Kentucky's Justice hit a three on the next possession to bring the lead down to four. Four-point lead, 31 seconds left. I'm just going to go ahead and boo that joke, even though you didn't say it. Yeah. <laughs> Western Kentucky fouls again, like you'd expect them to, and Archibald makes both the free throws. Again, Tech is making free throws where it matters yeah. here, which goes against what we just said, but don't felt, hold your breath. Felt weird. Yeah. Hollingsworth for Western Kentucky, who's a name we heard a lot, Thursday night. It's another three on the next possession. Tech's lead is now three, 17 seconds left. Western Kentucky fouls again. This time, Kobe Williams. He hits the first, but misses the second. That's when that that rebound foul on Mo happens, sending Western Kentucky to the line, still with 12 seconds left, not allowing any 
time off the clock there where they make both free throws because of course they did two point lead 12 seconds left it has gone from a 15 point lead to a two point lead in three minutes yeah western kentucky what do you think they do here now that tech has the ball 12 seconds left they foul they foul yeah they foul Uh, pick me pick me i know (laughs) they foul they They foul. foul there you go so gene only hits one free throw again so three point lead eight seconds left with two seconds okay. left hollingsworth hits that three all right it's not the game to ot so okay hollingsworth at this point had i believe like 35 points he was the only person on western kentucky who stood out in any way and if you foul him before he's in the act of shooting he goes to the line with three seconds left to shoot two we're up three so foul and they do this to us later in the game. Like, yeah, yeah. Gene is fouled. Where's the coaching? The overtime. What, yeah. You got it. You, I mean, I know we didn't have a timeout left at that point, but that's got to be there, man. Like, I, that's basketball 101. If I know it, it's basketball 101, right? I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a basketball person, right? But like, this is, man, you cannot let the guy who's literally had the hot hand. I don't know how many points he had in the second half, but it's probably 20, definitely double digits obviously with 35 points in the game, but um, yeah. And more in overtime too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it was this guy's night foul him when he touches the ball. You know, if, if we foul him there and he makes two, there's still a chance we lose or go to overtime. But like, I like our chances a lot better than him taking a pretty open look from three. I I don't, that's, it was, it was very disappointing. I think what the idea was is that you foul him. You don't take any time off the clock. So he makes both shots because probably he will. So one point lead still what eight, five seconds left, something like that. They'll get another chance to foul you and have another chance to put up a shot. Especially if you don't make those two free throws, that gives them a chance to do the same thing all over again. But they have a much better chance to make that shot with eight seconds left rather than with one or two seconds left right. after the, after both fouls and everything is taken care of. Right. I, I don't know. And we had him in single coverage. I mean, that's the guy who's getting the ball. I just, I don't get yeah. it. Yeah. Josh, what do you think about the end of this game? It's, it's very crushing. We might be the most anti-clutch team in college basketball right now. That's just... Right now? Well, <laughs> as of this moment, uh, there's been some other <laughs> incredible choke jobs this season. I mean, they're not important. Th- this doesn't feel like something all that new for Tech is what I'm saying. Oh, well, yeah, also. Right. But, you know, I've tried to live the present. Well, let's get overtime over with. So, yeah, here, here we are going to overtime in a game that we haven't trailed the whole way. We were up by 7 or 15 with three minutes left. I mean, it did not feel good. I, I thought we were going to lose by, like, 12 points, honestly. So... Uh, what what happened next? <laughs> yeah, Western Kentucky definitely had the momentum, but they did have two players already fouled out. I didn't write down which ones they were, but they were talking about on the broadcast where maybe that gives Tech some sort of advantage, but it, it doesn't. 22 seconds into OT, Western Kentucky hits a free throw to take their first lead of the game, which uh, uh, Andrew Gordon does have a dunk and an and one, which was fun, gives Tech a two-point lead, so they get the lead back in overtime. That's something. <laughs> and they had that lead until a minute 17 remaining, where Western Kentucky ties it at 86 and never looks back. Hollingsworth, the guy who has been all over the place, hits one of two free throws to take the lead, and after a Kobe Williams turnover, Rawls makes two more. Rawls was the huge player for Western Kentucky, and the last time these two teams met, he was the one who had in that Hollingsworth role. But he didn't really even show up on the stat sheet until overtime. Yeah, he had four points. <laughs> yeah, so Tech is down by three now, 27 seconds left. They do what I think is a smart thing, go for the easy two. Powell makes a layup, one-point deficit, 16 seconds left. Tech fouls quickly, but it's Hollingsworth, and he's been pretty much automatic from the free-throw line and makes both of them. 
Gene is fouled, only makes one of two, and after Hollingsworth makes both shots again, four point deficit, eight seconds left, game's over. So yeah, for for Tech, the game's over at that point. For anyone playing Tech, the game is still perfectly within reach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that's good for them. Yeah, my uh, my notes for the end of this game were going to OT. Two Western Kentucky players have fouled out, so Tech should have an advantage. Question mark. Got to stop Hollingsworth! Exclamation. And then the next note is, I'm mad. <laughs> so that about sums up how I felt watching this. Uh, and Hollingsworth ended up with 43 points, 17 for 19 from free throw, four for seven from uh, three points. So, I mean, the dude was unstoppable, you know? And again, just to let him have the ball and have a pretty open three at the end of the game is inexcusable in my book. But Tech had some good performances too. Uh, Pemberton and Derek Jean specifically had good nights. Um, Gene had 16 points. Pemberton had 15 and 10 rebounds. So that's nice to see him get a double double. Day Day had 15 points as well. But um, nobody really took over there at the end of the game. And that's frustrating when you have a 15 point lead and all you need a is of, a lot some of shots. Too. Yeah. And then both o, uh, regulation and OT, just not great. Yeah. And then, and then foul shots, like we mentioned before. Tech shot 63% from the stripe on the night, which is slightly below the season average, which is kind of sad that that's how low the season average is. And the final three minutes and 23 seconds, though, so when the lead went from 15 to zero, this is just before overtime, Tech made nine of 13 or 69%. So they were there above average and the average for NCAA is 70%. So they were an average shooting team from the free throw line in those last few minutes. But what really hurt was Mo missing the front end of that one and one. And then, of course, Kobe and Gene missing one each in the final 15 seconds to allow Western Kentucky to run away with this game. They had no business being in. Yep. Such is life. I mean, it was almost the exact opposite of the game we had up there a few weeks back where Tech didn't show up. We couldn't make shots. We couldn't stop them. I mean, this game, we had the perfect game plan going into it. And, and at the beginning of the first half, you really saw that. Uh, paying dividends, forcing them to take outside looks. But ultimately, we, we let them come back. That's how basketball works. If you can't make your foul shots, if you can't make the front end of a one-and-one, one, you're going to get burned. And we did, unfortunately. All right. So that's enough talking about that game specifically, I think, Thank God. For, for now. <laughs> yeah. uh, as far as the rest of hoops go, Evan, where kind of are we now? Like, I know we're in the top pot, so we can't finish lower than fifth. But how do things right. actually look? Right. So we're in we're in third place behind North Texas and Western Kentucky. But Sunday, yesterday, as we record, uh, North Texas beat Western Kentucky in overtime to clinch the regular season title. So no more math to try to figure out if we have a chance to win. Well, thank God. <laughs> the title. Um, but we could theoretically. So the, the main thing we want now is to be in the top four because the top four seeds in the tournament get a buy. So if you're in the top pod, you're almost guaranteed to buy unless you're that last place finisher in the top pod. So we could theoretically fall to fifth place if we lose to both FIU and Charlotte, who are currently fourth and fifth. The worst case scenario is that if we lose those games, all three teams could end up tied 11 and seven in conference. And uh, then Judy McLeod would look into her little crystal ball that determines who wins and who loses tiebreakers. And Tech would, of course, lose. We all know that, right? Of course. We, we have a couple games left, and really, we just need to win those two games. So we, we play FIU on Wednesday and Charlotte on Saturday. Nathan, what insight do you have on these games? We've played both these teams before, so I'm sure we don't yeah. need to go into super you know minute details about it this time. 
So for FIU, we play them Wednesday. We play them back in mid-February as well. It was kind of a back and forth game, a, a duel, as Evan put it in the notes, the entire time until Day Day made that step back three at the buzzer that we had the audio for in the podcast last time. That was just <sighs> a lot of fun. And I hope My we man. win by more this time. But Day Day said, I don't need a pick. <laughs> I don't need a pick. Hell no. Nah. Probably one of the more fun games we've watched recently. Yeah. Like this one would probably be up there too had we won it. But yeah. <laughs> Ken Palm does give us an 81% chance to win this game. Final score prediction is 77 to 67. So they don't think it'll be as close as it was last time. And I kind of hope so too, as long as we're in the victor seat there. For Charlotte, Saturday, we played them at the end of January and won that game 72 to 59. An actual kind of blowout there. And yeah, Evan has in the notes that he has no recollection of this game, and I don't really either. Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you anything about it. I thought we hadn't even played them. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot about this game. Well, that's nice. Yeah, looking at the chart on Ken Palm, the, the game prediction or whatever, it's just a pretty much a flat line down at the bottom where it looks like Tech's going to win the whole way, and then they did, so that's good. <laughs> what Charlotte is good at, though, is limiting offensive rebounds. They allow opponents to have a 23.2% offensive rebounding percentage. That's the 20th best in the country. What they're bad at, though, is getting offensive rebounds on the other side of the court that sounds familiar now that i'm saying it right they only grabbed 21.6 percent of their offensive rebound okay yeah i, I remember us talking about that yeah. anyway because uh, uh, i i remember thinking it was super weird that you're good at one end and bad at the other but i don't know yeah when we played them last time they had five offensive rebounds and 18 defensive rebounds so <laughs> that's quite the disparity which is actually the opposite of what they look like on paper Usually they have more offensive rebounds huh. than defensive rebounds. So something wasn't quite the same last time we played them. So maybe they'll be back to their old ways next. But Kempom does give us an 81% chance to win this game and a final score prediction of a 10-point victory, 70-60. to 60. Yeah, so what that means, both of those games we have an 81% chance to win. I know I said no more math, but sorry. Uh, Boo. <laughs> the history major in me is just, you know... Seating. chomping at the bit to do math so uh tech tech has a 3.6 percent chance to lose both games that's the only way we could possibly fall to fifth place but charlotte would also have to beat north texas which they have a 39 percent chance to do so that brings our chances to both lose both games and have charlotte beat north texas to 1.4 percent so we're almost definitely going to get a buy in the tournament ah see i look at that and i, I see the opposite so i'm like oh we're definitely <laughs> dropping both of these games <laughs> Is that how Super. you actually see this game going? Pretty much. I, I know tech <laughs> athletic. I believe. I think I, I think we'll probably end up the three seed. That's my guess. Yeah. All right. So for some more optimism, Matt, what do you think? <laughs> We're all just spiraling towards our inevitable doom. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I look, guys, every time I feel good about it, we get we just we blow it. Yeah. When I feel bad about a game, spoiler alert, we blow it. <laughs> So how do you feel about these games? What if you feel neutral about a game? I guess if lethargy were an option, we'd go undefeated. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel good about it, but do I think we're going to win? Probably not. This is the worst time to start playing bad basketball, guys. It's March. It's the worst time. And I know those games were in February, but now would be worst time to start playing your worst basketball. Yeah. So I mean, I, I wouldn't say Western Kentucky is a good team and we beat North Texas yeah. on the road the week Evan, before that. They, so, I mean, they've got, they've got seven players that have mobile limbs. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're two players away from needing the Zamboni driver to step in. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not looking good. Family reference. 
it was. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel good about the games. So of course we have a shot, but are we going to win? I don't know. And you know what? Lethargy is an option. I'm going to be lethargic. All right. Now this has been Matt's Optimism Corner. <laughs> That's about as good as we're going to get. Um, All right. So let's switch gears to a different type of basketball and look to see how the Texters are doing. They did really great, right? Well, they, they, beat, they beat FIU, who's really bad, so that's nice. 62-52 uh, to 52 victory there. And then they had Rice, the number one team in the conference who won the conference last year. They had them on the ropes. They had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. Stop me if you've heard this before. Tech blew a lead in the fourth quarter or the last minutes of a basketball game. They let Rice get them to overtime, and the Owls outscored the Texters 17-4 to in overtime. So that's uh, not going to win you the game, unfortunately. But uh, That's really bad. Yeah, I mean, that's frustrating because the Texters have shown flashes of being good and being like a team that could be, you know, in the top pod if the women's basketball did pods, right? But then they just, they, you know, they are tech, right? So... Something uh, happened this week because Western Kentucky also went on that 17 to four run right before halftime too to get back into that game. It's it's too right. coincidental. Yeah, who's who's got like the voodoo doll? <laughs> Probably uh, UAB. Yeah, Probably, gonna, actually, yeah, I was gonna you know, say Charmillionaire, Where you at? <laughs> anyway, uh, it's all for naught. I don't know what place we're in right now, but probably still 11th if I had to guess. <laughs> Let me count. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Yeah, 11. Hey, uh, still in uh, 11th. Uh, where have we been the last... <laughs> 11 is a number. <laughs> Nine games so, behind. <laughs> this week we play uh, uh, UTSA, who we have an 80% chance to beat, and Massey says we'll win 73 to 63, so we'll see about that. We won't. And then <laughs> we play Western Kentucky and have an 8% chance to beat them. Hmm. And it has us losing by 15. So maybe they'll blow a 15 <laughs> point lead. Yeah. The textures make us all sad. So anyway, let's, uh, let's move right on to another textures. Nathan, how'd the softball textures do this week? They did better. Not really. Uh, it's never really a good week when you lose to ULM, especially when oh. you lose to ULM 12 to four. Uh, wow! I don't. I don't think anyone's ever said "lose to ULM." Like, I, I don't think that's that's a new sentence in the English language. Yeah, that's, well, especially when it's not water skiing. <laughs> the only time it's hey, bro. Hey, don't be smirchy. There's honor Guys. in losing to the ULM water skiing. Yeah, what and... body of water in Monroe? <laughs> the drainage canal isn't there a <laughs> river yeah isn't the washita river there yeah so back to softball speaking of depressiveness they also went down pretty hard at the bearcat invitational at sam houston state lost to baylor 2-1 and sam houston state 11-4 they did beat the fcs football champs north dakota 2-0 and north dakota state excuse you all How those you? yeah that's that's fair <laughs> criticism um and then also added another victory over sam houston state on sunday four to three so they did better in the last part of the week at looking for any kind of optimism here and there's still not a lot there they do play four road games this week but all the opponents are pretty beatable lamar is number 150 in massey tech's predicted to win that game three to two and utep is number 239 in massey one of the few teams in conference USA that's worse than tech has been so far this year and tech is predicted to win those games five to three so hopefully tech can win those and build on some of that momentum i wouldn't count on it <laughs> i don't know i'm feeling really sad about how tech sports look right now but <laughs> tech is number 10 of 12 in conference USA, according to massey right now 
So they really need to get that momentum going if they're going to have any shot of of being productive this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, hey, conference is all that matters. So if yeah. they can pick it up now, yeah. they can erase this. What would you say, five and fifteen? Yeah, yeah. That's that is not what I expected. <laughs> oh man, so Hopefully. baseball is great, right? Yeah, we we uh yeah. Well, we already have four game winning streak, but that streak started just after Tech's loss to LSU seven to one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last year we kind of beat the snot out of them, right? So yeah. We, I mean, we do have the aggregate score over them over the last two years. Oh yeah. That's if how you combine this the two scores, yeah, composite score of thirteen to eight, we win. So that's Hell yeah. yeah. And yeah. if you go back hundred and fifteen years, we beat them in football. We beat them <laughs> twice the first two times we played them in baseball. We outscored them like twenty something to five or something like that. It was not bad. Yeah. Hell yeah. Baseball is a little more bright of a light. Yeah, there was some controversy early as Taylor Young was caught stealing it in the top of the first. He kind of slid in the base. LSU stomped on his hand as he was sliding. Oh. Uh, yeah, it, it didn't look like it hurt too much, but it kept him from being able to touch the bag, which he's supposed to have a right and a lane to get to, but that's not often called, so whatever. It yeah. is not. And it didn't really end up mattering that much because Greg Martinez, the starting pitcher that Tech had for the game, he's a freshman, but he really struggled with control early. He was really kind of fortunate to only give up the one run in the bottom of the first, but he gave up two more in the bottom of the second before he even recorded an out for the inning. He also had two walks and two wild pitches that both advanced runners before he got pulled mm. in the bottom of the second with no outs. Mm. Yeah, that's that's tough for a freshman. I mean, uh, to go in at LSU and pitch, I mean, you know, obviously you hope the guy can handle it, but it's hard to like blame him for having a poor performance this early in a season at such yeah. a like storied stadium and everything yeah uh kyle griffin came in the game against lsu to kind of limit the damage but it was already four nothing at the end of the second inning lsu tech's night got worse when there was a base runner and a pickle with two outs in the third inning the ball got away as the players were throwing it back and forth trying to get the runner out that was between bases and the ball just squirted away and he stole base and eventually scored he would have been the final out of the inning and LSU added another run after that, too, going up 6 nothing after the end of the third. Mm. Oddly enough, that inning ended with an LSU player getting called out while he was in a pickle. So, <laughs> I, I for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the pitching didn't do well, but also didn't seem like the bats did much either, only scoring one run. Um, yeah. So, obviously not enough to, to uh, cover up the mistakes on defense anyway. Yeah, Tech had five hits on the night, but also had five errors, which <sighs> is a lot. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, so Tech lost 7-1, to but it, it probably should have been way worse by the way it was feeling. But again, we won 11-1 last year, so you can't be too upset about this one. <laughs> Especially with the weekend that followed when Tech swept Maine. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if swept is an appropriate term for what happened. Oh, I, would, yeah, I would more like <laughs> say defecated upon. 65-14 to 14 in four games. Yeah, and, and pitching was fantastic, too. Yeah. Fincher gave up three hits in, the, in one inning against Maine in game one, and then only one more hit for the rest of the night. He put, ended up pitching seven innings in total. And Tech kind of started slow on offense, but eventually got the got the bats going, and that kind of carried forward to the rest of the week. They won the first game 5-1. to one. The next game was 15-10. to 10. <laughs> Just starts escalating. Yeah, it, it should have been 15-7, to seven, but... 
Shamar Page was put into pitch at the end of that game and kind of had the last, what was it, four and two thirds, four and one third inning. And his arm was pretty much falling off by the end of the game. But because that was a doubleheader with another game to follow, they wanted to keep him out there for as long as possible. So he gave <laughs> up a few more runs at the top of the ninth to allow Maine to get a little closer and make the score look a little closer than it really was. But in a, in a normal game, he would have been pulled. The final score would have been even more egregious. Probably yeah. as egregious as it was in game three when they were 19 <laughs> to zero. Yeah, I, I mean, the third game. So I, I listened to the uh, the second game on the radio and then I was like, you know, I think I think I'll sit out game three. And uh, man, I, I missed something. I, I don't know if it was exciting or if it was just kind of that boring type of baseball game where you're like, wow, we're going to we're just going to win. But still never really stood out in that game and a three run homer and would eventually go on to be the collegiate baseball magazines player of the week for the country. So oh, wow. I didn't actually, see that. Yeah, he was Conference USA's hitter of the week and collegiate baseball's national player of the week. Wow. So it helps when you play a really bad team that ran out of pitchers <laughs> by the end of the series. But yeah, five players in game three had doubles. Taylor Young, Hunter Wells, who had two, Bryce Wallace, George Corona, and Philip Matulia. Three players homered, Young, Netterville, and Brantley. And Taylor Young was just a triple short of a cycle. Yeah, but I mean, the bats, obviously we scored 19 runs, so the bats are the story here, but main scored zero. So, I mean... To be fair, they also have zero wins. Yeah, so lots of, lots of zeros there. But I mean, you gotta, you gotta pitch to them, right? And so, Trowick? picked up his first w uh he he went six innings uh and held them to three hits so that's that's great pitching right and then as nathan mentioned before greg martinez got to get in uh put up a clean inning and then two guys i've never heard of came in uh and followed with their own clean inning so towards the end of a game like that you're getting more guys in it was bryce fagan and jack payne they got to come in and kind of get some action there towards the end of that game when we're already up by double digits Oh, man. And uh, then and on then Sunday. Four. Yeah. Game four. Wow. So we yeah, went. Uh, we, we scored five, then 15, then 19. So how many will we score in game four? Nobody knows. Two. <laughs> 5,000. It was absurd. Yeah. Now, I saw the stats in that. Uh, our second. Is it Taylor Young? Who's our second baseman? Yes. Well, didn't he go like six for six? I have five for six. Two home runs and four RBIs. <laughs> And a walk. That's just batting practice. Parker Parker Bates, the center fielder, went four for four. Oh, man. Uh, Netterville added another home run. Uh, We didn't mention this because we kind of skimmed through the baseball games here, but Netterville in the first inning of games two, three, and four hit home runs. The first inning, his first at bat in all three games, he hit a home run. And And now they're playing at Rustin High, so I don't know what the dimensions of that field are, but... Six I, feet. <laughs> <laughs> if I remember right, center field is 371, which is a little short, but there's a pretty tall wall out there, too. You could see on the broadcast, again, yeah. not having gone to any of those games. So I I imagine it's pretty similar to a, a normal park. It's just... The, Dave Nitz mentioned it being really windy on uh, Sunday when they scored 26 runs. So. Yeah, <laughs> may have um, something to do with it. 200-mile-an-hour wind. <laughs> <laughs> so here's just... Okay, Tech had 43 at-bats. And they scored 26 <laughs> runs. Okay? That's uh, that's pretty good. Taylor Young went five for six. Hunter Wills went three for five. Bates went four for four. And Netterville went three for four. I mean... Yeah, so so was that 21 hits on 43 at-bats? And then also 10 walks that don't even count as at-bats. So that's... <laughs> 
God. Constantly getting on base. Oh, man. Um, yeah, it's sad. And Nitz was just running out of things to say, which was kind of funny. Oh, my gosh. I loved it. Speaking of lack of knowledge of geography, which I was right. It was the Washita River, by the way. But um, <laughs> Nitz in the second inning of this game is just like, I don't know much about Maine, <laughs> especially the geography. And he's like, part of Portland, Maine and Bangor, Maine. Couldn't really tell you much else about Maine. <laughs> And I was just like, man, I love baseball. It's just uh, so unapologetically boring sometimes. Stephen King? <laughs> he was, at one point in either game two or game three, he was just kind of riffing about black bears and how they probably hunt a lot of black bears up in Maine. It was just... Because <laughs> baseball the, commentary is done best with like two people having a conversation while the game's going on. And absolutely. so Nitz is up there by himself trying to You're carry just four games. Dave Nitz go insane. <laughs> <laughs> I did not hear that band, but I wish I could because it sounds like it was really funny. Yeah, was it banter? <laughs> is it banter if it's just with yourself and the voices in your own head? Well, we according, to my, according to my drive to and from work every day, that's banter. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you have this one. Oh, Thank man. You. Yeah, I subscribe to Kusa TV to watch these games because can't get Are you going to go on your easily. tangent right now? I am going to go on my tangent really quickly. Right, very ready. small tangent. All right. Stand so back, everyone. <laughs> So last year and years before, when they had the games, the audio was Dave Nitz, which was one of the best parts of Kusa TV games was that it wasn't some announcers that didn't really know much about tech or anything. You actually hear Dave Nitz, which is usually great when he's not going insane. This time they had one crowd mic and it was just the crowd mic. So you just heard people's conversations who were sitting below the press box. So you could just hear people talking about the weather or what they were doing later or people or whatever. Uh, oh, man. It felt creepy. It felt like that I was listening in really on someone's... That could make really good reality TV, though. It could, actually. <laughs> so someone needs to go and start talking about, like murder or something and just like <laughs> or just us like, on the broadcast <laughs> oh don't do that yeah let's <laughs> let's not go that route go to gtpdd.dog go to gtpdd.dog go to gtpdd.dog <laughs> To be clear, it should absolutely be Nitz because he's amazing. And, you know, we're joking about him right now because <laughs> he ran out of things to say as Tech scored 65 runs in four games, uh, which coincidentally is the most runs in a series in school history and the most uh, runs in any four game stretch since 1997. So, yeah, this series was uh, over before it began. You know, Maine was outmatched clearly and you feel for him because they're a Northern team, you know, traveling down South, like nonstop for the first, I think at one point Nitz said they don't play a home game till like March 29th or something. So wow, wow. that, that kind of sucks, but uh, you know, they came down to Rustin and uh, got murdered. So they did. Yeah. Stephen King should write a book about it. <laughs> he probably already has. <laughs> There's a lot of Stephen well, King books. There are. I'm pretty sure Stephen King's the only resident of Maine. I don't think people Probably. live there. It's just Stephen King and a bunch of lobsters and some black bears. Guys, it really is a beautiful state. Like I've I've seen photos and stuff. It's truly a magnificent place. And I was out there last summer for a wedding. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, it's it's a gorgeous place. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so Nathan, where do we uh, currently stand um, in baseball? What are our stats looking like so far? Yeah, so Tech's currently 33rd in Massey. That's actually down two spots after <laughs> abusing Maine. Uh, that still sounds too light. Something harsher than that. Whatever we did to Maine, we should probably get arrested Eviscerating. for it. Eviscerating. Someone get Stephen King on the phone right now. He needs to write this book. <laughs> 
But we did drop that game to LSU, which really didn't do us any favors. The the bats are still led by Parker Bates, who's hitting 439 on the season and 18 RBIs. He was also named to the Louisiana Sports Writers Player of the Month for this month, or I guess last month, because yeah. it's March now. Yeah, so that's interesting because uh, who'd you say, Netterville was named? Yes. Hitter of the of the month and also or hitter of the week in the conference and also some national publications collegiate baseball i think magazine but i think they're more of a website now oh wow so that's two players making sort of statewide or nationwide news so that's always a good sign yeah and add to them you also have young and wells along with netterville again who had double digit rbis over the weekend and again pitching we needed pitchers to step up step up to the streets step up to the streets and to the mound Uh Yeah, and yeah. provide oh, consistent <laughs> performances. And Jarrett Worf has done that. He's been Tech's most consistent arm. He's 3-0 and so far this season, although wins for pitchers are kind of a dumb stat, but whatever. He's pitched 22.1 innings. Sorry, Nathan. I compiled the, <laughs> this list, and you're here over here. Wow. The Cy Young every year goes to the pitcher with the most wins, and it's dumb. Anyway, <laughs> Worf is 3-0, and so that's something. But he's pitched 22 and a third innings, only allowed nine hits and 12 strikeouts. Which wow. so far nothing yeah, that's, but praise for him. Yeah, that's great. Nine hits and twenty-two and a third innings. I mean, all right. So real quick trivia. So tech pitchers have hit four batters so far this year. How many hit by pitches do you think tech batters have racked up so far? Are you asking how many tech batters have been hit by pitches? How many? How many times has has a tech batter been hit by a pitch? If one's been hit multiple, both count. Oh um, God, I don't. Fifteen. Get... So tech has hit four. How many have hit tech? Josh says 15. 69 Lamal. Matt says 69 Lamal. The answer is between the two. It's 28. Oh my wow. God. That's still so many. Yeah. What? And and tech has two players who have been hit, like two individuals who have been hit more times than four. Bates has <laughs> been hit five Christ. times and Cole McConnell has been hit six. Are they banging on drums in the dugout or something? How does that help you get hit by pitch? <laughs> they banging on trash cans <laughs> in the dugout? <laughs> <laughs> what's that tell you watch out this one's gonna hit you <laughs> okay so uh so the upcoming slate uh is a a lot tougher than last week honestly um well we've i got, would think so yeah <laughs> we've got sam houston state uh in a two-game miniseries on tuesday and wednesday the tuesday game is actually going to be on espn plus so check that out hey they are currently 61st in massey and massey gives us a 45 percent chance to win and gives sam houston the final score of five to four over tech and then we go up to wichita kansas to play wichita state uh the hey. shockers Shock um shock them they are number 65 in massey so again two pretty tough oh, opponents we're what 33rd so Massey gives us a 54% chance with a final score of four to three tech. That's a three game series played Friday through Sunday. I believe all of the games are in the afternoon. So even the Friday games at like 2 PM central, I think. Yeah. Northern teams do that a lot this time of year to allow the weather to be a little more productive for baseball. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I can't imagine tech sweeping this week or sweeping the weekend series this time. But if they do, we got to start talking about our natty title. Yeah. (laughs) No, in all seriousness, if they come out of these games uh, above 500, like that's, uh, you know, they win more than they lose. uh, We might have a really good baseball team. Yeah. I mean, I think we do have a really good baseball team. We just need to get all the pieces to fit together still. Given enough practice and enough time out there, this team can be very good. I I mean, I think they're going to go, what, three and two, maybe four and one on this week. 
just travel and and Wichita State's not going to be a fun trip. Probably. Yeah. What what's there in Wichita to do? Well, let me tell you guys about the vast metroplex, fun-filled activity, wonderful town of. Wichita. Oops, sorry, I skipped over that in the editing process. I'm really sorry <laughs> about that. <laughs> uh, you could go to Abuelo, a fine Mexican eating establishment that's probably in most major cities. The area code is three one six. Fuck you, I'm Josh. Just looking for <laughs> <laughs> They have, you know, more people than Shreveport. All right, Josh, I know baseball's not really your sport, but he's a Rangers fan. He is okay. a Rangers fan. That's true. I am go Rangers. Not gonna lose a hundred this year. <laughs> is that the slogan? <laughs> That's the I slogan. Mean, <laughs> myself and Parker have been saying that for what seems like about ten years now. Uh no, I haven't I've watched very little tech baseball this year. I'm a I'm a bad, bad tech fan. The uniforms um, are sexy. The uniforms are pretty damn good. Please give us free Columbia Blue Jerseys bookstore, please. Oh my or God. just sell them again. Or just not. Yeah. How many do you think they order? Can we talk about this? So the tweet of the week this week is actually an Instagram post that we then put on Twitter. It's the the bookstore selling the baseball jerseys, the Columbia Blue ones. So Gorgeous. We can that and say, this is the tweet of the week. Now we can talk about it because I want it, one so bad. So the ba- the basketball ones were a way worse, like, why would anyone think this was okay oh, version? Right. Yeah, it's <laughs> not. This one's actually better because it's button up. And the oh. one that they actually wear is like a pullover shirt. So, oh, oh my God, I want it's one fabulous. so bad. I, I'm I'm like chomping at the bit to go buy one like and like so the sale though the next day they said sorry we're out (laughs) and i'm just wondering like i'm guessing what happened was they ordered like 200 of the basketball ones and no one bought one because they were so bad that they're like oh let's just order like 15 of these bad boys and then done they didn't realize that people actually want like a quality product yes look we said this about the basketball jerseys, but they they gave us a good Columbia Blue basketball jersey that would sell out in no time. Right. Or yeah, the one that looked like what the players were wearing. <laughs> they didn't even uh, get them on the website. Were extra large. They're on the bookstore site now. They're just all still sold out, but they of are course. there now. Yeah, but it's gonna be okay. So I was gonna say I would include a link to it. And the show notes, not that anyone really checks the show notes anyway, but I want to get show one before notes? they sell out. So I'm not going to put a link anywhere until we buy yeah. them. I'm looking so at the it, I just need And for the, for the record, the bookstore on Instagram did comment and say they were placing an order for more. I believe they said next week. So that would be this week. But uh, yeah, uh, so hopefully we'll they see. order like a million of them and they sell out and everyone's like, wait, we should do more Columbia Blue things. And then we'll get a football jersey. Uh, well, if they ever make a color rush Columbia jersey for the football team, I'm talking oh, helmet, man. shirts, and pants, socks. The We're going night. to the natty. <laughs> That's what's been keeping us out. We got yeah, we an SEC invite as soon as we start wearing Columbia blue. Another story about the baseball jersey real quick. I told my mom I wanted it. And I was like, yeah, it's a throwback. You know, light the light blue color. And she's like, yeah, you mean what they wore when I was at Tech? And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> you called your mom old, was, Evan. That was wow. just... That was just text color when my mom was at tech, so... And it should be again. It should. Well, well... Just drop red and be two blues. No, that that's, that <laughs> is not the official position of GTPDD. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Blues on Tie podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or go to our blog where we have our baseball preview stuff up and some other stuff from the, the past few months at gtpdd.dog. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm a Columbia Blue football jersey. <laughs> and I'm Matt. And Go Tech, please don't die. Please, please.
it has us losing by 15. So maybe they'll blow a 15-point lead. Lead? Load? 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 Oh, no. I said lose. We got to drop the load. (laughs) Oh, anyway.